Welcome to the next episode of From the Red Room. Today our guest uh, is someone I've known for a little while. And uh, as you know, we like to bring in artists and people who are inspired by art, music, film, and talk to them about the history that they have with the whatever their medium might be, what inspired them, uh, what it is that drives them, and uh, what keeps them going, what's, what the love affair with their art might be. Uh, tonight we have Sean Hunt. Sean, how are you? Thanks. I'm good. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> and, having me. Yes, thank you, sir. The Red Room. <laughs> the Red Room. Welcome to the Red Room. We're really glad to have yeah. you here. Um, Even though it's yellow. <sighs> come on, you you can't ruin the effect. The illusion uh, for the audience is that it is a Red Room. It's a fire <laughs> orange. <laughs> the uh, curtains used to cover up more of, and it was in the other room that was gray. It did have a little bit more okay. Red Room to it. But now it is, yes, indeed, dear audience, it is yellow currently. Yeah. I think you need a... Like a red nuclear warning light. It says recording in progress. Flip right. that off, and then you don't want those lights in a cage. <laughs> the uh, those Philips Hue bulbs. Yeah, hear that, Philips? We're looking for a sponsorship, so we can have like a Philips Hue bulb in here, and it can go red whenever we're recording. Um, sir, it is a pleasure to have you here, yeah. and uh, I am really interested in hearing. The story of your your musical journey because I mean clearly you're you know you're passionate about it you've spent a lot of time <coughs> playing and you've got yeah. this gorgeous guitar with you here in the uh, studio today um, so start with the, in the beginning when did your love affair with music begin yeah well I was thinking about this the other day because I figured we'd talk about it but um, I guess it was just me riding around in the car with my mom or my dad in the eighties uh-huh. mid to late eighties Billy Joel Rod Stewart. <laughs> Where did you grow Foreigner. up? Foreigner. Um, I grew up mainly in South Carolina. Okay. In Charleston. Um, but I remember just riding around and, you know, they would listen to the music that was pop music back then, right? Sure. Billy Joel, Elton John. But <clears throat> I started with the guitar. My mom had, this, or she still has, this old, like, 66 Fender acoustic that her dad gave to her. And I'd see it in the closet. And it's this old ratty case. And I'd pick it up and I'd lay it on my lap and I'd just... You know what kids do? Yeah, they sound like crap. But that's when I, you know, I started doing it more often. I said, "Hey, I want to learn to play this." And mom took me to lessons. I did that for a couple of years, and then um, that's that how I got my start. And then I just, you know, after that, I learned. When I was learning, I, I learned scales, and I understood things, and I could pick up sounds. And I, you know, had friends that also were into music and rock. And at that time, it was probably early to mid-90s, so Nirvana, Offspring. Sure. The big movement, the grunge, you know, movement back then, the alternative movement. Um, and, we, you know, we had a band in ninth grade. The name of the first band was Gabby J. Gabby J? Where'd the, where'd the uh, name come from? So, you know, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on Nintendo. There's Glass Joe. Yes. Right? Well, there was a PC version of Punch-Out, and the first guy's <laughs> name was Gabby J. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, weird. Was it just a uh, a, a mock-up, a, a, like a wannabe? Or yeah. Or was it actually did. like a Nintendo-licensed punch-out for PC? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I never played the PC version. Oh, okay. It was just um, whoever thought of it was like, well, what about Gabby J? And then that was it. Yeah. What did you guys... stupid little kind name. of music were you guys... We just covered the, time? We covered the 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things. And then as we evolved, uh, 
Um, we started writing some of our own material. Sure. Um, and I'd play lead and do backup, and we played at some. We played at a speech and debate tournament in our high school, uh, in front of this auditorium, big crowds. We play at birthday parties, and I think we did a winter break like celebration party. Yeah. yeah, like you do. Like you do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you have to do. Yeah. Um. So your parents were really supportive about it the whole time. Oh like yeah, they really like encouraged you to pursue it. And... Yeah, yeah, and I had these little um, Squire Strats. Mm-hmm. I had a red one and I had a off-white one like Hendrix, and um, that's what I had. And I had a couple acoustics. I bought my own acoustic at Takamini. I still have in my house. Well, you um, have your first guitar that you bought with your own money. Yeah, still? that's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah that's it's a sweet. Cool. It's a red wine single cut Takamini yeah. electric acoustic and. That's what I had for a long time. And then when I got out of college, like, I wasn't playing much when I moved back home. And I needed some extra cash, so I sold my electrics and my amps and all that. And I just had the one acoustic yeah. um, for a long time. And I just picked this up a couple months ago because I was ready, man. I was ready. Tell, tell the audience what, what it is you're playing right now. Yeah, I'm playing a Gresh um, hollow body, single cut, streamliner guitar. It's probably one of their... I think it's kind of like their intro model, uh-huh. you know. It's not the big electromagnetic or the big bodied, you know, Brian Setzer Gretsch, but <laughs> but this is this is a pretty sweet guitar, man. It is really beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if there is a site for it, but I've often thought I'll bet you there is. There's got to be a guitar porn site where it's just like pictures <laughs> of guitars. You can just like scroll through them. I just love the beautiful yeah. workmanship. I love. Yeah. I don't know. It brings me joy. Like I love instruments, and that's a gorgeous guitar. Yeah, thanks. And I, it took me months. Like I was so apprehensive about pulling the trigger, yeah. and I was just scrolling. You know, I get the. If you think about something, if I thought about a guitar, it would show up as a sponsored thing on my Facebook, right? <laughs> and they're and so, listening. Yeah, they're listening. Yeah, they're I'm scrolling, listening. Yeah. and I'm like, man, do I want to? I went to all these sites that offered like some financing or monthly payments. And as soon as I saw this, I went, "That's the right price. Click. That's the right guitar. I love a good grash. I wanted to play." Some bluesy stuff and some pure tonal just music and this yeah. is the one so going back to like those early days in the, in that in the band and you know when you're beginning like you're you know really getting into it because when you're your kid how old were you when you started again i was probably 10 i, I don't 10. know an exact age but i was around 10 did you stay pretty consistent from the time you started or did you kind of fall off for a little bit because i understand you said you didn't play a lot of college but yeah so the first when i first took lessons i went to this this called it was gerald's guitar shop in North Charleston, South uh-huh. Carolina, and it's just smoke-filled guitar <laughs> shop. Yes, and this guy they don't make those anymore. Had this little closet that he would teach, and that's where I learned. I started, then I stopped, and then I found another guy. We'd go to his house, and it was kind of a room about this size, and just that's where I learned, and that's where I learned like scales and um things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said you you know you had that guitar at home. Um, the your mother gave you, or was it was it hers? You said it's hers. It's hers. Her and, dad gave it to her. Yeah. Now, was there a moment <clears throat> when you were you were very much like this note or this song turned me on to playing, and I want to continue and I'm gonna really do it, and I you know I want to recreate that because there's different reasons. Everyone has a different reason. What what really captured your imagination? Was there a moment, or did it just come natural and it was never? I think it just came natural. I mean, I started listening to Aerosmith and. Metallica and ACDC uh-huh. right around that time. Nirvana, like I said, and Offspring. So I wanted to learn that kind of music. Sure. I wanted the fast, hard rock to be able to learn. So it's probably just that combination. And then what brought you back to the blues? So, 
fast forward to 2016, um, I <clears throat> went to, I was, I was on a, going on a work trip and I was in Albuquerque and a friend of mine, uh, met me in Albuquerque, came out from New York and, um, picked him up at the airport and we were heading out. I took some PTO days after I was done with work. I think I worked two days, but this was right after, I mean, like days after I started, um, or I filed for divorce and he's like, I got the perfect song for you, man. I'm like, all right, let's hear it. He had put all this stuff together. He's like, he's a huge Beatles guy. He knows everything about the Beatles, but it wasn't the Beatles. So he turned it on and it was uh, the Grateful Dead playing all over now. And so it's like, well, I used to love her, but it's all over now. And so it really just spoke to me and I started listening to it more. Yeah. And so I really latched onto the dead and I love the way that they played, <clears throat> not just the blues, but it was a lot of jazz and a lot of bluegrass because Garcia was a, a picker. He was a bluegrass player before yeah. the dead. Um, a lot of banjo you know, acoustic guitar. He definitely like had that. that like hybrid picking chicken, chicken oh, yeah. picking. Oh yeah, going on. Oh yeah. Um, and so I just listened more and more, and I just the music, that type of music, their music spoke to me in a way that no other music had, and it was just so different. And so I just latched onto it, um, and just listened and listened, and you know, there's so much, there's so much um, information out there. Yeah. All their shows are recorded. You can go pull any show you want from whether it's 65 to the last show in 95. I mean, and everything in between. And then Garcia had his, you know, Jerry Garcia yeah. band, acoustic band and all that stuff. And um, and so it just that's how it kind of transformed uh, my taste. That's really, that's a, an incredible story because you're not 17. You're not 13. You're not like a preteen at this point. And a lot of us, we, we whatever it is we latch onto in those early days or in those formative yeah. years, if, yeah. for lack of another term, kind of sticks with us, and that's what we say. We don't really branch out after that. But for you to, and you're saying you really discovered and latched onto the dead yeah. later in life, that's really cool. Yeah, and I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't looking for. I knew who the dead were. Yeah. Everybody knows, yeah, right? Yeah, you don't. It's you not, see the music not videos on. You see Touch of Grey music video yeah. on MTV with the skeletons, and I knew their a couple of their stuff, a couple of their songs, but. Wasn't really ready to dive in, but yeah. there it was. And, it, you know, it, it hit me when yeah. I wasn't looking for it, so. Yeah. It was cool. That's awesome. So, now that you have picked it back up and you're pursuing it actively and having, you know, finding that that joy uh, mm -hmm. of it again, um, what what now? What next? You know, I just. You I, start another band? <laughs> not right now. I mean, I just play. Like, I don't, I don't have anybody who lives around me that I play with. I don't know anybody around me, but wherever I can jam like if, even if it's out here in tucson i stop at guitar center or i go to guitar center yeah. albuquerque or san diego or whatever just play when i'm at home i play 30 minutes yeah. to an hour a day streaming you know trying to play along with shows and just seeing what i can do just exploring at this yeah. point and, and really just learning more um blues scales and watching videos and just trying to pick up whatever i can yeah um, i i mean I'll, I'll just say if you don't mind like with the uh, today jamming with you i had a blast i had yeah. a big silly grin on my face yeah it's been a long time since i've had an opportunity to play with someone else and that was a lot of fun yeah so i had a great time thank you yeah very, that's very a cool. lot of fun man when you play music with somebody and there's whether or not you mean we didn't play a whole song or no we're just kind of we're just messing, messing around. around we had some good jams going but when you do that <clears throat> you know you, there's there, you form a uh 
kind of a different kind of bond, uh-huh. you know, and it just, it's just, it's just right. So you just go with it and, yeah. and you just play and see what's out there. But, um, yeah, like just within the last year, my skills have just taken off like astronomically, like yeah. I couldn't do those things two years ago because I'd be playing my acoustics and my Jimmy Buffett and my Eagles <laughs> and strumming and having a good old time, but none of this, you know, nothing like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, man, that is really admirable because, again, I'm, I guess uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've really tackled. Um, but, you know, jumping back in and learning new skills and becoming better at something. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, we always have room to improve and learn and become better at something. And that's cool that, it, that this is what you're doing now. That's yeah. really exciting. I hope that yeah. we get a chance to jam again. Yeah. Because yeah, that'd, I be think cool. that'd be cool. That'd be fun. Uh, I'll work on my blues. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about some of the like the, the newer blues stuff that's come out? I know that there's, there's like this current, almost like classic rock thing happening uh, in music right now have you heard any of that stuff i mean it all sounds like zeppelin again you'd have to give me some examples i just i don't i don't listen to the radio i don't listen to any of the new stuff i just i'm so lost in 1972 see that was me being really bad at it too (laughs) because i couldn't even tell you some of the names of the bands i just will be like clicking through the news and someone will and there'll be like a link it'll say like check out this new band check out this new band and i click on it i'm like I heard that it's on Zeppelin three, yeah, yeah. you know, and not nothing against because we all have like our influences, but I have noticed like, and it, it makes me happy. I'm glad to see rock isn't dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in the early two thousands, like when I was in school, like there was these, all these bands and they just sounded the same. Uh-huh. And I don't, I can't remember any of the names cause I didn't care about them, but you'd listen one thing that, or one band that comes to mind was Crossfade. I don't even know that band. Exactly. So they were they had a, they had a hit in the 2000s, and they were from Columbia, South Carolina, which uh-huh. is where I'm going to college. So you'd see these guys out there sometimes, yeah. like you know, they'd come in the bar or whatever. But uh, it was just all this music that just to me sounded so cookie cutter and repetitive. It was you know like where's the where's the foundation? Yeah. You know where where are the where are the the rock and roll building blocks? Because it's all just like this open drop D, just jump 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 jump. You know what I mean? And it just didn't. It I'm didn't guilty of a drop D every now and again. Yeah, I like drop D. You can do some fun stuff. I know. Um, if you listen to country, but Brad Paisley is an amazing guitarist and plays a lot in drop D. And there's a lot of this picking stuff. He's incredible. I'm gonna have to check that out. I yeah. I, have, I didn't know anybody <clears throat> in country like detuned at all. Yeah, sometimes he does the stuff with yeah. Dobby, but he can, I mean, he can fly, man. Yeah, that's it's cool. cool. That's way cool. Um, dang it, that, I had like a train of thought. I had a question, then you derailed me with the country because, oh, I know what it is. Like, you, you mentioned a lot of like classic rock, yeah. and then you also grew up and, and experienced like that change to grunge and then some of that alternative stuff that was happening. It sounds like you had early education in the classics, but did you ever, ever have to go back yourself and track down the origins of the like the the influencers of your favorite bands like if if i were to ask you who your favorite band was like did you go back and see what what influenced them what did they like what did what did they listen to or did you just kind of pick it all up as you went along it sounds like you're you're, i mean it's all one big happy world of music for you just this big blob yeah of music um i don't think i ever really did that i mean i just knew who people were because you'd hear it, yeah. and then I'd learn to play it. But, like, um, you know, I didn't know much about, like, uh, 
you know, Metallica loves playing or loves playing with uh, Motorhead because, uh-huh. you know, those guys have been around forever. Um, and Lemmy, mm-hmm. right? And then I didn't know really anything about him until he died. And then I was like, oh, wow. You know, the guy was pretty cool. Like, yeah. there was a documentary a while on Netflix about him. And he was just this regular dude that lived in this tiny ass apartment yeah. in L.A. next to um, or nearby the uh, a rainbow. Rainbow, yeah, rainbow room, I think, right? Rainbow yeah, room. yeah. And you just go down there and hang out at the bar, and the just a simple dude, and like yeah. had all this crap shoved in this apartment. But you know, as a, a world, you know, worldwide rock star, yeah. Um, Their whole uh, loudest band on earth, crazy. Uh, it wasn't a joke. Like, I got to see them, um, well, I think they were with Megadeth, strangely enough. I think it was Megadeth, Lucuna mm-hmm. Coil, and Motorhead. And it was loud. And it was it was raw. Mm-hmm. And it was just an incredible show. It was just, it was really something to see. Yeah, and he's not, like, the greatest singer that ever lived. No. But it didn't matter because you knew what he was singing. Um, and it's the same thing with Garcia. Like, he's not the greatest vocalist. And these aren't pretty men either <laughs> like like if they came along now i question whether or not they could get a deal right and that that right. concerns me a little yeah yeah but you like listen and you know where the where the the words are coming from where the music is coming from yeah. is in this just most pure place yeah. that music has ever uh, you know any artists out there i don't think they just pick words out of the newspaper and put them together and hey there's a song no i think it comes from a place <laughs> yeah. where they go deep or they have experiences or something has affected them or impacted them. Um, So I think there's, I don't know if it's redemptive, but I think there's validity to the things that they're saying because they've been through certain things. And that's a really great answer and much, you're a better person than I. Because sometimes there's stuff out there where I'm just like, really? Come on. Most of it's crap. Like I'm not going to. But still, you're you're right. For their experience, maybe that's meaningful. Here's a good example. Um, John Mayer. Okay. My body is a wonderland. <laughs> Daughters and whatever little poppy songs he sang sure. in the 2000s, right? Yeah. Well, little did I know prior to 2016 when I started listening to Dead and then I started listening to Dead and Company. Mm-hmm. So he's this lead guitarist for Dead and Company and he's a fantastic blues player. Oh, he's a great blues player. He's a great no doubt blues about player. it. Yeah. So like I had written him off. Like I didn't care about John Mayer back yeah. then. But now but now you found but him. But now I'm like, what? What what's this guy been doing? Like he's yeah. a he's a, I think he's Berkeley music guy. Yeah, he's trained. Yeah, he's trained and he's good and he just he plays with a lot of soul, um, and you can tell it comes out of the music. It's not his music. Yeah, and yeah, he's put in to do a role and to to continue the the music of the dead. But man, he is fantastic, and I love listening to him play um, with the dead. Yeah. That's, for me, the the blues is not in my, I, I don't come from the blues. It's, I, I wasn't raised yeah. with the blues. Um, but when I hear someone like Stevie Ray Vaughan play, oh, yeah. like, I, it, it really makes an impact on me. I, I don't know what it is, but music kind of transcends a lot of other barriers. And yeah. uh, it, that emotional connection with it is really what drives like why I keep Bob, like, yeah. why I would seek new music, why I listen to it. <clears throat> like uh, in getting ready for you to come down and, and jam, I, I put on all my blues albums and been <laughs> listening to them on my phone, like everything that I had. And it was a, it was great to go back and listen to some of that. Um, yeah. The Black Crows, uh-huh. 
Um, they're they're I I consider them newer, even though they've been around for a while. But that's because, um, yeah, because compared to other people, they're they're still newer. But they had a T-shirt that said "Blues is Blood," and I mm. loved that T-shirt. Yeah, that's cool. Like the early 90s. Chris Robinson, he's got the I think it's called the brother uh, the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, and they're more kind of bluesy twangy yeah. uh, stuff. I've heard a little bit of their stuff, and they play some of the smaller festivals. But yeah, I'd like the Black Crows back then and like the uh-huh. late 90s and stuff um got into a couple of their things but he he was just kind of a weird dude was he a weird dude i never Not really followed f- them much i heard the first the first two albums yeah. that was it. and and i don't i've never met him obviously but i like i you'd read things and like he's kind of a jerk and, oh really oh i don't I yeah can't like his that. brother was in, in the black crows yeah. too and i don't think they got along very well i could be wrong but that's just what i remember hearing um so if he ever listens to this you know <laughs> correct do, do you ever have a hard time separating artists from their art like, like that example, like he's kind of a jerk, or at least we've heard, like, well, does it affect the, your interpretation of their music? Uh, I've music? never really given that much thought, but I think it could. I mean, if, if, if you're, you know, listening to somebody and you, you believe in what they're singing and you believe in the music and it strikes a chord within you, but then they turn around and they don't act like, or they don't, um, I don't want to say act, but they don't emulate kind of the things that you've always believed. I think it could be a turnoff and it could be, you know, a thing that just not cool. Like there's some people who, who've read into and looked at some of, for example, this is not music, but Dr. Seuss being a racist. He had some racial tendencies and things. Does that affect how we now interpret? Well, should we not like the cat in the hat? Oh, because he was a racist, but his work, (laughs) it was maybe not, but it's an interesting thing to think about because, some people are not nice people. But do we still yeah. like their music? Mm. Well, now that we're, I mean, everyone's talking about it. Like the 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 Christmas song that they pulled off the radio recently. Oh, um, yeah. Um, cold, outside. cold Outside. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> like, I didn't go back and listen to the words. Like, uh-huh. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe that I needed to. Sure. To see what everyone was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's hard to say, man. It's hard to speak. And I don't know, when was Dr. Seuss writing his stuff? In the 70s, 60s, what? Um, he, I think, no, I can't speak to that. I don't know for sure. But earlier earlier than that, he did he did his first work in World War II. Okay. Like, so, I mean, he's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah, so, I mean, it's easy to go back now and pick things apart. You can do right? that. You can do it. Anybody can do it. It's just about your perspective. If you want to find a problem, you can. You can. Yeah. Yeah. That one, the uh, it's cold outside. Like even Dean Martin's daughter was like, "I'm not going to stop singing it." She, yeah. she still performs it live, and it was written in a more innocent time. And you can take the lyrics to mean some bad stuff, but I mean, the thing was more in the spirit of what it was written was more playful. Yeah. Th- than yes, if you look at it now in the light of 2018, 2019, it is yeah. Well, we we would condemn that if it were written today, but yeah. It's, it wasn't. So when you're looking at something through the lens of now versus then, it's tough. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah, it's real tough. Huh. That was a good example. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so recent. Yeah. You know, radio stations are pulling it, and, you know, they can do that. I don't say whether it's right or it's wrong, but... <laughs> yeah. Again, that's their choice, too. Right, because they, they got to... They're a business. They got to make money. If they're yeah. going to piss people off and offend people, then... They got to make a business decision. I get sure. that. Yeah. So, what do you think? Um, 
what do you think of, of, of all time? What's your favorite? Who's your favorite artist? And have you seen? Do you have like a bucket list of someone you'd like to see live that you haven't seen yet? That, well, it was that Tom you could. Petty. Oh. I wanted to see Tom Petty. Oh. He was like the last one oh. that I thought, man, if I could see Tom Petty, you know, kind of things would come full circle. Yeah. Um, obviously, that can't happen. Um, the Eagles. I mean, I'd like to see them. I don't know if I'd like seeing them without Glenn Fry, but who knows? Yeah. Um, I got to see. Uh, Last year, went to three shows here before I went to a show in Phoenix when Dead & Company came out. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, they played here. Drove, went up to Albuquerque and Boulder, Colorado last year to um, see them last summer. And then they're hopefully going back to Boulder this year when they come back. So that was a real treat, right? I mean, this music's been around 53 years. And, like, that's rare. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. No. Um, and their bands are getting up there, like The Stones, like uh, Metallica. I mean, they've been around since... What eighty something eighty yeah. right? So you know the 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 window is getting smaller, um, and it's not just for nostalgia. Sure, especially somebody like me who I'm not nostalgic about it because I wasn't around during the seventies. But it's just more, I guess. Um, I don't know, just more appreciation, and just kind of like, you know, saying thank you. Yeah, you know, like when I listen to music, I play it like. I just feel obligated to play it because it's it's that good, you know. What do you think makes for longevity? Like, what is it? What does it take? Like, I sometimes it's easy for, for me to forget that Metallica has been around since the the first part of the eighties, not yeah. even like mid eighties, but early eighties, yeah. like nineteen eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, Kill 'Em All comes out. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's thirty years ago, forty years ago. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, forty I've... years ago. Almost, yeah. You know, that's that's a pretty long haul. <laughs> it is. Uh, and do we make artists like that anymore? It's hard to say because because we can't. It's not that we're not in the future yet. We don't know, but it seems like they come and go a lot quicker now. Yeah, I think so. I think there's some validity validity to that. I I think when you go back to your original question, what which uh, something about longevity? Yeah, I think there's a couple things, right? I think it's the desire to play the music. And a lot of times that evolves into, I think sometimes it evolves into that's like all they know, right? Like touring and playing and doing all this stuff and just evolving. You got to evolve. Yeah. Everybody was pissed when Metallica cut their hair (laughs) and released Load in like 96 or whatever that was, 95. But I didn't look at it that way. I just looked at it as, okay, here's something different. I'm going to like this because I love this band. And I'm going to be loyal to this music because it inspired me to do something. Sure. So I didn't care about the hair. It doesn't make the music. No. Hair no, doesn't make not, the music. No. <laughs> you know, the, the, the pace of the song doesn't make the music sure. in, its, in its most basic form. It's just, it's an evolution. Yeah. You got to stay. If, if they want, then you got to change because you got to stay relevant. And I think they've done that. Yeah. I think they've done that. That's that's good. I, I I fell off a little bit. I'll be honest. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, it wasn't the hair, and, and it wasn't the makeup. Although I did find that kind of funny because they're like always used to tease bands like Poison, who I did like. I liked I, I liked glam stuff yeah. and metal stuff all at the same time. Yeah, I had a great time. It was, it was, but they always teased at it, and then they were doing it. I was like, well, that seems a little odd, <laughs> and uh, that you guys would talk about that, and then you know then do it but 
I still saw them like three times after um, Load came out. Like I had yeah. seen them like three, the three times. I haven't seen them in a long time. And live, and for me, the live experience is the be all end all. If you can yeah. replicate it live, if you can do it live, then you you're good. Mm-hmm. You count. And their live show has never, in my experience, ever faltered. Never disappointed. Incredible shows. Yeah, except yeah. when he gets, you know, lit up on fire. No. <laughs> yes. Has there That's been further anomaly. fire? Has there been further fires no. or just the one? No more fires. Oh That's just gosh. the one. Um, but, you know, they're a good example of bands that try to evolve. Like they had that thing on Netflix with the... Oh, I, I think it was a, some kind of monster? Well, that that was their documentary that okay. came out, I think, in '04, uh-huh. because they were going through that, wow, it's been that long. just rough time. I remember seeing that in a theater, this little tiny independent theater, probably no bigger than this house, uh, where they serve beer, and you just go. We watched some. Me and my buddy went and watched some kind of monster. But th- this thing I'm talking about, I think it was called. Oh man, the title of it's uh, one of the songs on the Black Album. I can't remember. It's not Don't Tread On, it's not Holier Than Thou. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like this, um, almost this movie slash concert where it followed this kid and he did these things and he encountered all these yes, beasts. Yes, I know the one you're talking about, but I, I don't yeah. recall the name of it. You know you what I mean? That. Yes, I do. You know, so that's just an example of evolution and, and Kiss is the same way. Like, they create all these things because they knew that they're just cult following, right? So they created their action figures and the TV show, the cartoon, yeah. and all these things, right? Like Ozzy, the same way with his TV show and doing things, but they're staying relevant. Yeah. They're staying relevant. And now Kiss is going the on their yeah. farewell tour. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I'm going to catch him one more time on that farewell tour. He's coming this this is Phoenix. the problem that I have, though. And I, and I only have this, uh, maybe I call it a problem. Maybe it's an issue I have. Sure. You go to see Alice Cooper, Ozzy, Black Sabbath, Metallica, Kiss, ACDC. You're gonna if you go to every single show on their tour, you're gonna hear the same exact songs every single night. The same exact yeah. songs. Now you're every not wrong. Single night. There might be a variance here and there. Yeah. You know, especially now, like if you follow Metallica, you can see their set list. They post their sets, and you can see, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. they put fuel here instead of, like, wherever I may roam. But, yeah. you know, you're not getting um, a lot of independence. Uh-huh. You're not getting a lot of free-form music playing. But when you go and see The Dead, if you go to three shows in a row, you're not going to do the same song. That's awesome. And you've got to hear a lot of different versions of those songs compared to what you've heard before. You might get a six-minute version of one song, and the next night or a couple nights later, you might get the 20-minute version yeah. where there's a lot of improv and, and stuff that they're just doing. Just depending on their vibe. That just night, depending on the feeling. vibe, what's yeah. going on and, and you know things that they've done. So I, that's, that's really kind of what stuck out to me when I got into them was you know they go up there and they don't have a set list. So they just call out yeah. songs and play them, and these transitions are incredible because it goes from... You know, fast bluesy stuff, down to these slow, like really melodic, like journeys of songs, like Terrapin Station or Bird Song or something that's just slow, and it just you can just feel the energy change, and then they launch back into something else, and it's just that's kind of what stuck out to me the yeah. most was their ability to um, evolve on the spot. <laughs> so it's not a greatest hits show, like if you no, go see not. Metallica or Ozzy right now, it is. It's a greatest hits show. Yeah, unless they put out an album, which Metallica did a couple years ago, the Hardwired. Yeah, and they throw five songs. There's a few you know, in from there. that album. Yeah, 
Um, but you know, you're getting a full two and a half hours with those guys, yeah. and and it's a great show. Don't get me wrong. There's the pyro. There's the videos. Sure. There's the stuff. The interaction. Um, and you're getting a great show for sure. Yeah, the one band that has really impressed me each time I've seen them along those lines is The Cure. And mm -hmm. uh, like the last time I saw them, I saw them in San Diego. Was it San Diego, San Francisco? And they played so many B-sides and like That's cool. like never in my wildest dreams did I think I would hear some of those songs. Mm -hmm. Non-popular, B-side, unsuccessful, quote, unsuccessful albums or songs and it was like three hours of stuff that I never thought I'd hear them play live. Yeah. And it, like I said, like to me, live is where it's at. I mean, that's the only reason we have recorded music is we were trying to replicate the live experience. Right. Like the only re reason we ever recorded music was so that we could take it with us or have it somewhere else because we couldn't always sit around campfires, you know, and, yeah. and have like live musicians with us. And so that I got to see those songs performed live was such a treat, one of the, yeah. like, the greatest experiences. So I get what you're saying about the dead. Yeah. Except the the cure is not as freeform, not as jam, but the fact that it wasn't just a predetermined set of yeah. greatest hits. Right. Here's some anybody stuff can that do that. Love. Yeah. Anybody can show up and play for an hour and a half and play their <laughs> their hits. I mean that that's easy because you play the hits, play right. the hits. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so it's um, it's different. What you know, I think what you should do. What I'd ask you to do is before next time you either get together or talk, go on Amazon and watch Long Strange Trip. Okay, check. It's a four-hour documentary about the dead, and it's great, and you'll learn a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, uh, about you know what they did and and why they did what they did. I think that was kind of the most important part. Just just have fun. That's what Garcia said. I will check that just, out. Just want to have fun. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, hey, I know that we've got to get you out of here and get what you on the road. It's I think we're a little bit late, oh, yeah. so let's uh, we'll wrap it up and play us an outro. So thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us tonight in the red room. We've appreciated our guest Sean Hunt for hanging out with us, and uh, we wish you all very well. Let a smile be your umbrella.